1: Christ, lads, just paliachi face it up and sell the bloody pay per view. Right on my hoover
2: that one. Uh-huh. Yuckity yuck, Mc, McManikin. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. Who may all found before? Key Mabel! Here it comes, here it comes to Jack Knight. On lives the new generation and the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome, everyone
1: to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads ruminate over Impact Wrestling Rebellion. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean contemplating, maybe co before King of the Ring <laughs> who be <we? laughs> Oh jeez. i be fake. Geordie radio presenter with that portfolio. Former Cultaholic heavyweight champion and advocate to Pablo Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage. Titan shrugged the head pen of Cultaholic doesn't need a pencil. He gets it right every time. He's Justin Henry from off of America. I warned you. You did warn me, mate. You really did. Sent me a lovely message as we were planning this recording today saying uh, this is the worst go home for a pay-per-view I've ever seen. <laughs> and we've we've been watching in 2021. So I I was all ready for this one after you you dropped that warning my way.
3: It wasn't a go-home, it was a stay-home.
1: <laughs> it was a go-home, you're drunk. <laughs> to say the very least. Should I tell hey, I'll tell you what I did, and I haven't told you this off-air. I'll tell you this on-air. Now, do you know what I did about two hours before we spoke today? Do you know what I did? Mm. Contemplated doing this show. I did contemplate doing this show. <laughs> mm. And I thought, yes, I will do it. But i tell you what I did, that I... Um, I'm surprised I haven't done before. I have ordered actual physical copies of the Titan Trilogy. Really? Mm-hmm. So you were just mooching a free copy off somebody else for a while? I was reading. <laughs> well, no, I had, I had that, the Kindle um, version. I had a Kindle version, but I'd like like proper physical ones to have in my possession. I understand. So I have uh, I have, I have, amended that and they're on the way tomorrow, which is very exciting. Oh, God bless you, Tom. Uh, and also, and i tell you what, I've been spending a lot of money I haven't got lately because not only did I buy the Titan Trilogy, not only did I buy a new pet toy for Pablo, but I bought this, which I'm shaking in front of the see. screen. You can't see it. Hang oh, on. God, Slam Jam. There it is. There it is. The WWF oh. Superstars Slam Jam, the cassette tape, which...
3: You know, Robin Williams once said that cocaine is God's way of saying you have too much money.
1: <laughs>
3: he was I, wrong. I would, I would amend that. Owning the Slam Jam album.
1: <laughs> well, I won't be owning it much longer because one unlucky person who listens to the Classic Raw Review will be owning it. So uh, we, I bought this. Based on a conversation Justin Henry and I had during a show, it was mid-episode that I thought, you know what, I'm going to sink some money into the eBay machine, and I'm going to purchase Slam Jam on cassette. And I don't want to keep it. I would like to give it to you along with a goodie bag, a little collection of a cultaholic-based things. So they said about Ebola. I don't want. I don't want to keep it. But I'd rather just give it away. <laughs> exactly. I'm sharing it with the world. I'm sharing Ebola with the world. So here's the plan, right? Someone's winning this copy of Slam Jam on cassette. If you would like it, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you? Simple way to win. I want you to jump onto iTunes or the Apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Say something nice about what we do or lies, as long as there's five stars in there. Just pretend, it, pretend we do every podcast from the Tokyo Dome. I would like a five star review on the Apple Podcasts uh, server from yourself drop me a message on Twitter or Facebook or email via the usual channels uh, to let me know that you've done it and somebody next week will be getting themselves a copy of Slam Jam on cassette how's that eh bit of bit of all you have to do is say something nice about us and you get something horrible <laughs> You scratch my back, I'll stab yours. Is that what what this is? It's basically, you scratch my back, I will give you slam jam the cassettes. So do your review. Let us know you've done it. You can print screen it or just drop me an email. Tom.Campbell at Cultaholic.com or tweet me at Tom Campbell or tweet Justin at JRHWriting. And next week we'll announce somebody's winning Slam Jam and a few bits of Cultaholic tat as well. That seems like the nicest <laughs> way to do it. It won't be tat. It'll be, it'll be mainly nice things. I think. I think so anyway. But hey, look, we that's what we're doing. That's next week. Let's crack on with this week now whilst you're thinking about how brilliant your five-star review is going to be. Uh, where and when are we for Monday Night Raw this week, Justin? Well, we've come to
3: the end of the road for this taping. It is Monday, June 19th, 1995, which would have been the first Raw I watched during summer vacation that year. It was taped two weeks earlier from the high school in Shrothers, Ohio. So a new cycle begins after after the pay-per-view, but first got to get through the pay-per-view.
1: <laughs> the, we have got the warmed-up cold cuts uh, heading into a a hot mess a king of the ring 1995 which we will indeed be doing a watch along with next week it'll be myself uh, justin Henry and one sam driver who promised to join us it was a blood oath he will be here uh, to do the king of the ring watch along with us and you'll hear that next week on the cultaholic podcast mm. feed
3: yeah. tell the truth i'm threatening with withhold his pay
1: <laughs> uh maybe I may have struck mm. a deal. Mm. He, he may have tried to find excuses. Um, we have mm. since mm. Uh, come to an agreement whereby yes. it is in his job description to do it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, we had to get somebody. Exactly. He is a hot, warm body that we have decided to drag into our fetid hell. So before we get there, we've got one more episode of Monday Night Raw to get to. And you know it's going to be a belter when, as we said at the beginning, Justin Henry drops you a message just before you start watching it going, this is awful. It's bad. (laughs) You know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. But I'm sat there having my dinner and Justin drops me a message saying, this week's episode's bad. Oh, bro, I can't wait to... Polish off this spaghetti bolognese and get watching. I was watching it during
3: dinner on Saturday, trying to enjoy my, enjoy my grilled cheeseburgers that I made. and well, It would have been nice if I had this sit through this bile. <laughs> Did you make them from scratch?
1: No, I bought, I bought them. That's store all right. It's all right, it's all right. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Stick them under the grill. What do you have on them? Do you have a bit of cheese, a bit of onion, a bit of A uh, little bit of lettuce. pepper jack cheese, some bacon. Lovely that is. I'm just, just trying to mm. stall for as long as I possibly can mm. before we start talking. Mm. Oh, I know what'll stall. Let's talk about the week in the wrestling news. Let's make this last two hours. That's fine. So um the Great American Bash happened. WCW's Great American good, good. Bash, June <laughs> June the 18th. <laughs> June the 18th, 1995. Uh, according to David Melzer. WCW puts on one of its best pay-per-view shows in more than seven months with the Great American Bash. It must have been a rough seven months for WCW. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Uh, the show started with an angle on the live main event, like the kickoff show. Weirdly, WCW used to call their kickoff show the main event, which sends well, actually, a long um,
3: message. Hold on, hold on. They had a Sunday evening show on TBS called the main event
1: ah that makes more sense and on sunday nights it was like heat during before pay-per-view right that makes much more sense now so now,
3: you know, the rest of the story,
1: the The main event, the pre-main event, the pre-show, main show, main event, main event. Uh, it started off with an angle that featured Vader attacking Nick Bockwinkle and Eric Bischoff. Hulk Hogan then turns up. They're separated and, and Vader's like, oh, let's go right now. Let's fight right now. And Hogan's like, yeah, let's fight tonight. Let's fight tonight. They don't fight on the pay-per-view. At well, there's a reason for that. Go on.
3: Hogan was only contractually obligated to appear on a certain number of pay-per-views. Logan does not appear on a pay per view at all, so she is an angle. made that You set up Batch at the beach for the next month.
1: But it just—it was—I—I I have objection with the way they did it because it very much made you believe, oh, we're adding an extra match to the pay per view. Last minute bye. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just that's which is the worst bait and switch that or, or that or that car ran over Austin. Well,
3: that wasn't really a, a bait and switch. There was a driver.
1: <laughs> that's true
3: it wasn't a self-driven car that would have been a bait <laughs>
1: switch <laughs> austin runs himself over there's <laughs> a pop star in the uk that did that <laughs> it was the story is i think it was brian harvey from e17 he was driving home one night and he had a, he was a fair few sheets to the wind and he opened his car door as he was driving and he fell out of his car and ran himself over <laughs> Which is an amazing skill if you can do it. <laughs> Did he live? Yeah. And he went on to make more music. I, uh, I don't want to say great music because E17 peaks with keep on moving, in my opinion.
3: That's more impressive than the time that I lost my sock after my shoe was already on. <laughs> I was 12. I have no idea how that happened.
1: That's amazing. I'm trying to think how that would have happened. It still wants me to this day. Oh, <laughs> Are you sure you had the sock on to yes. begin with? Oh. Right. Next time on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> how did Justin Henry lose his sock whilst his shoe was on? I'm
3: going to need a more Robert Stack-like voice. <laughs> a New Jer- a, a young man from New Jersey playing with his friends one day suddenly realizes that his sock is missing (laughs) that's
1: it that's the series that's the series
3: it's chilling (laughs) one (laughs) thing
1: so let's take a look at the rest of this card for um great american Bash. hopefully no one lost their socks uh harlem heat beat the fantastics on the main event of 646 uh how many stars
3: Wait, the Fantastics were there in ninety five, no one told me.
1: Tommy Rogers and Bobby Fulton. Bobby Fulton. You just call him Bobby Rolton? Tommy Rogers and Bobby Fulton.
3: Oh, uh, Bobby Fulton, okay. Big that's Fulton. A, um two stars because the Fantastics are involved. Uh
1: one and a half stars. So not bad. Okay, that's an acceptable T V match. Craig Pittman made Chris Canyon submit in two minutes and sixteen. The camera oh, missed too- the finish because they showed Paul White one of the several giant signings, with the announcers going crazy like he was the biggest man they'd ever seen.
3: Well, it's, it's hyperbole. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this guy a crap ring, like a dud or whatever. It was indeed a dud. Uh, Proper I,
1: I, I, dudded. I then we had the Vader Hogan shenanigans, which we previously discussed, and then when we get to the show, um, or just before the show, I think this is just, yeah, this is the show now. Uh, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck uh, beat Frankie Lancaster and Barry Houston. That wasn't on the pay-per-view. That was, that was main event then. Still main I, event.
3: I was going to say. It's, the um...
1: main event of main event, lest we forget. That's got to be a dud, right? Uh, no, it was minus a quarter of a star. Oh, see, I try to give him the benefit of the (laughs) doubt. That's very good of you. Uh, Colonel Parker called Sherry a floozy. Sherry smacked him one. And this is leading to something hilarious between these two. Have we had the, the amnesia angle yet with Sherry? Not
3: quite. We're, we're getting there, though. Woo-hoo-hoo! Strap yourselves
1: in! Uh, on the show now, Alex Wright beat Brian Pillman in 15 minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, uh, Alex Wright uh, very heavily booed by the crowd. Uh, They've decided to turn him heel after this one. What do you reckon, star-wise, this was? Well, come on. He beat Triple H in Stone Cold. He's got to be one of the best. <laughs> and, he, and eventually
3: beat Le Champion. so therefore he's one of the best of all time. He certainly is, mate. What did um, Dave
1: reckon to it? I'm going to say three and a quarter. Uh Oh, three and three quarters. Oh, my three watches nice. match now. Yeah, it's not a bad little match, actually. Uh, Dave Sullivan won an arm wrestling match from Diamond Dallas Page. Please tell me Dave rated it. He didn't know. He just said, oh. quote, it was good for what it was.
3: Well, the angle was fine with DDP playing Savage and Sullivan playing George Steele and Kimberly playing Liz doing that whole deal with, you know, just a uh, eh, simpleton oaf with a kind heart, falling for the good-hearted girl who's who's with the bad guy. It was fine for what
1: it was. Uh, pretty much what, this, what it was. Uh, Jim Duggan beats uh, beat Sergeant Pittman via disqualification. Now, Duggan subbing in for Marcus Bagwell, who was injured. Uh, and they go to a DQ in 8 minutes and 13.
3: This has to be a dud, right? This is
1: indeed a dud. <laughs> okay.
3: I just want to point out four years from now, Duggan will again sub for Bagwell. In a match with Berlin.
1: <laughs> is that, is fault, he just like the natural nine. sub for 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 Bagwell?
3: Yeah, because Bagwell would wouldn't do the job for Berlin so Duggan did it like the last minute.
1: <laughs> oh god. Because the image running the asylum at the time. What a time this is. Nonsense time. Uh Harlem Heat beat uh, Slater and Buck in eight thirty nine. He's wait did... so they worked twice both teams? And Pittman worked twice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Was there Why a flight not? delay? What's going on?
1: I'm not entirely sure. They just they just were working them hard all night.
3: One star for this match?
1: Nah, this was a dud as well.
3: Wow. Well, and they've called us the best pay-per-view in months?
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: Okay,
3: keep
1: firing. Keep firing uh, I'm sure it'll get better from here. <clears throat> Renegade beat Arn Anderson to win the WCW television title in nine minutes and seven seconds.
3: Are you sure Dave wasn't being sarcastic? I wonder whether he was. <laughs> <laughs> it has to have a minus in front. Minus it one. does.
1: Minus a quarter. That's it? Yeah. That's a petty rating. He says Art Anderson probably worked at about as well as I've ever seen anyone work in a negative star match.
3: Well, I wasn't really trying that hard. <laughs> well, <I don't> know. <laughs> if you stood up next to Warrior, you have so much shit you just you have to make two piles. <laughs> Uh, in, in terms of Renegade, he was pushed way too hard for what they want him to be. Absolutely it's not his fault.
1: He went out there and he did what he was, what he, the best he could do with the situation he was in. So mm. one does not simply blame Renegade for this. Exactly. The Nasty Boys retained the WCW Tag Team Titles, beating the Blue Bloods in fifteen oh three. One and a half. We're getting better. Two and a quarter. Okay. That- That's acceptable. We're moving back. We're moving back up. It's getting better. Sting beat Meng. So win the US title in 1334. Five and seven, eights. (laughs) 72 and 12. Um, Two and a half for this one. Okay. Like the number of men. And uh, Final Amo, main event. Ric Flair beat Randy Savage in 1442. Three and a half. Four stars. Okay. So this is actually...
3: So a four star match, a three and three quarter star match, a two and a half and a two. If that happens today, people call that a crappy middling show because like, it's not Wrestle Kingdom. It's just got to end with a five star match and a four and a half star main event and a four and a quarter star match before that. Otherwise, it's a bad show. <laughs> That's how it works. That's the system. No, That's the, the system. For the love of God, people, like two means acceptable. Three means good. Four is great. Five is all time classic.
1: Mm-hmm. So four, it's, four is a good way to end on.
3: They really call Cody three-star Cody. 3, three stars is a good match. If he has a good match. That's a compliment,
1: <laughs> douches. It's true, actually. I think people people just assume if it's a three-star match, then... I guess it's one of those things where you either, you're either you either the best or the worst. I think voting, like like declaring, oh, someone's three-star Cody, calling him three-star Cody, is seen as a dig because you're neither the best nor the worst. You're sort of slap bang in the middle. It's, oh, like, being called, it's like being called bang average, isn't it? Yeah, him and Dustin was five-stars exactly there's, there's enough good stuff exactly. uh staying with dub see C- dub uh, a bit of news based on what they've got going on so Can W C dub- W. <laughs> no we have to watch raw um. uh, an update on wcw head to head which apparently it is still called and it's still happening in like july according to dave uh, we know this doesn't happen but let's play his game like the silly rogue he is <laughs> um they're trying out some announced combos for ww head-to-head nancy sullivan is in the mix for this one interesting choice mm. the only way we've gotten is to expect eric bischoff to host and for the show to have a totally new look on the announced teams it could be nancy sullivan in the mix of it there uh first show tentatively set for sarasota florida the day after clash of the champions from daytona beach that's how it looks so far
3: so that would have been august 7th which would have made sense if they did it that way, but they wanted to go on a pose on Labor Day since Raw was off that week. So that makes sense too.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it is expected, according to Dave, the show will be done similar to Raw. Three weeks will be taped at a time with the f- at a time with the first week airing live. So a live show, two lots of tapings, live show, two lots of. tapings. They didn't do that. They didn't do that either. <laughs> um, we'll be it... live, so we can be fresh. Yeah, I mean that that what they did is more expensive, but far more sensible. Mm. Uh. Yeah.
3: While we mentioned mention uh, Nitro here, a quick shout out to uh, the man who eventually did become color commentator, Steve Mongo McMichael, who we, we saw the troubling news the other day about him now going through ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and I understand it ain't looking good for him, but at least he's kept his positive attitude and his sense of humor. We saw that interview and, and put on a really brave face during that and just wish the best for him and his family.
1: There is a crowdfunder to support uh, the family of Mongo McMichael during all this, uh, and you can find the URL in the description of this podcast. Uh, we have talked on this podcast in glowing terms about Steve Mongo McMichael. I believe he should have been the man that headlined WrestleMania 11 and <laughs> I will say that forever. I d- and, and do you know what that like nothing but love to him genuinely a light in wrestling and uh, if you could support him way you can if you want to find out more check the comments of the podcast the description of this podcast that'd be amazing thank you
3: he's getting uh, a lot of retroactive love for being a bit of a fish out of water in the business for just some of his unusual occurrences during matches I mean he was in his late 30s when he got into wrestling so you weren't going to expect a, you know an all-time great wrestler but he was compelling enough to have stood out
1: hmm what we got thing- from that was great.
3: And that's one of the best things you could say about someone, I think.
1: There's not so many people who it- I say who are definitely headlined WrestleMania. and <laughs> I know you said that. Yeah. I mean, you just don't like Lawrence Taylor, that's all. I don't have an issue with Lawrence Taylor, that's all. <laughs> I, I just, I think that looking at it, from a distance, without the connection to who they are and what they stand for, okay. if you were to look at the complete package of Lawrence Taylor, the complete package of Steve McMichael, and had having not made a decision about WrestleMania, I think the sensible money would have been Mongo. Mm. I think. If Mania
3: were held in Chicago, I might have agreed with you because then you could put Walter Payton in this corner.
1: Oh, that just that'd have been a much better
3: mania. And fridge. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, William Frigure and Perry! Get him in there! Oh! That would have been a better mania!
3: Yes! That was the, one of the best teams ever, the 85 Bears. Guys,
1: that would have been Mike, such a better mania.
3: Have Mike Dicker manage him. <laughs> With that big cigar in his mouth.
1: Bloody hell! What it's could money. have done? absolute money absolute money uh wcw is going to be going it's supposedly getting an upgraded production uh compared with wcw saturday night there is talk of using more international outside talent as well to boost the product quality and hiring new producers for the tv show they really want to throw a lot of money at this justin
3: oh they definitely uh they they came through on all those fronts and we know very soon that three cruiserweight marvels eddie guerrero d malenko and chris benoit will soon be brought in to be the as eddie described the way, in bischoff's terms the car crash in the middle of his movie
1: <laughs> and and it changes the game completely oh, when they absolutely. arrive so there's some exciting stuff coming from nitro very very soon well Wwe head, head to head rather well, what what's what's a nitro doing in the impact zone uh, Vince McMahon was interviewed this week, and it was a spicy chat that he had with Chet Coppock Sports Channel. Oh, um, Chet
3: Coppock. There's a name from the past.
1: What is your, what is your uh, understanding and experience of Chet Coppock?
3: Chet Coppock was a sports host in Chicago. He was kind of one of those pompous on-air personalities. He actually has a wrestling connection besides this. He was the he was the ring announcer for the Chicago portion of WrestleMania too. And he was also he did, he did radio WWF commentary with Monsoon for WrestleMania 10. You actually see him at ringside.
1: Wow! It, it, so he's a wrestling guy.
3: He's more of a of, of um, a mainstream, undetermined, unpredetermined sports guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But he but he has these connections of wrestling, and he has a, he has a media outlet. So of course Vince wants to use that for his own gain and and, and how got in trouble many years later for um making a bit of an anti-semitic remark on his show and i think that was kind of like spelled the end of his um time as a mainstream guy
1: okay well he's a, he's in the pocket of vince at this point in time and vince is on to plug the charity work the wwf does and of course plug the king of the ring but while he's there he's gonna take the take the Michael a little bit out of the competition. So Chad Coppock is asking a lot of questions. He asks about Doink the Clown. Now, in The Observer this week, they referenced Doink the Clown and say there's no real plans for him to do anything now other than pop on TV every so often and lose. So the bloom is off the rose, and the rose is full of water with Doink the Clown. Uh, it looks as if He's, he's on the way out. But when asked about characters like Doink the Clown, Vincent Mann says, we like characters like Doink for merchandising and marketing reasons. And he basically says, look, we're a, we're a kid show. and We like making money from, from families. Uh, McMahon kept pushing that his wrestling, which he went back to his old line of saying, there aren't pro wrestling, but sports entertainment, was non-violent. He talked about his drug policy being the envy of other sports. All oh, right, I felt, He said... <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what he meant was, we envy the fact that you can get away with having such a light policy.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, or we have,
3: well, well, we may have to suspend a, a, a famous athlete or two for some for some uh, bit of malfeasance, <laughs> non-compliance.
1: I like that. That's exactly what he meant. He did a big (laughs) Agatha wink to the camera as he said that. Uh, He said that WCW is making a big mistake in inciting a Monday night war going head to head with Raw. He said that Turner can package wrestling, but has no idea how to package it creatively and has no idea how to correctively sell Hogan. In fact, while I'm here, says Vince, Hulk Hogan didn't tell the truth about me during the steroid trial. Uh, he said something to the effect did did uh, Hogan of that Savage's jump to WCW was like jumping off a ledge as a career move uh, he said that uh, Savage was more honest than Hogan despite this, who he had also knocked as being past his prime, so he just takes some digs at everybody here, Ted Turner, Randy Savage Hulk Hogan uh, the WCW head to head Vince Little rattled here do you think? Oh, it's a good thing the King of the Ring is not being
3: most he- heavily pushed by a 43 year old wrestler who's fe- who-, who has a prosthetic foot in his hands.
1: <laughs> oh.
3: uh, I'm sorry, he's actually older than 43. He's like 45 at this point.
1: That that we're going to get into that. In fact, uh, we're going to get into that right now. That brings you up to speed with the world of wrestling. Justin, take us take us through Raw, please. It.
3: <clears throat> so, it must be stated <laughs> again that this is the go home show. For one of the big five pay-per-views when there's a go-home show you want to make sure that the home audience is so tempted by what they've seen that they had to plunk down money to watch this show you want to enthrall them you want to entice them you want to intrigue them this show is going to you want to 1990- hold them you want to
1: squeeze them then you got to get to show a little tenderness <laughs>
3: you know usually i'm happy stalling but, but this time i just want to get through it as fast as i can Fine. it's like i'm running through a minefield carrying somebody
1: you carry me mate
3: as I get on my back let's do this hey on mush. So, this show not only made me not want to see king of the ring Maybe not want to watch this company anymore. And this was 26 (laughs) years ago. See, because they're trying to sell the consumer on buying this show, which, near as I can tell, has no title matches, has an eight-man tournament with a bit of a wonky field, a kiss-my-foot match, and a tag-team main event where three-quarters of the guys haven't been booked very strongly. Is there a kiss-my-foot match on the pay-per-view? Um, amazingly I-, I checked and yes oh
1: because they hadn't mentioned it at all I know they were too decision. busy talk. they were too busy talking about the WWF champion to even mention there was a kiss my foot match I just
3: did some quick research I pulled up the uh, buy rate history of WWE <laughs> <laughs> this was the least bought pay per view to that point Good. I'm not even qualifying a statement with like a category that is just 150,000 buys. WrestleMania did 340. Good. Rumble did 225. They deserve it. They deserved it. The prior record holder was Survivor Series 93 at 180. I mean, with that one, at least they
1: tried. They did? They tried more than they tried here.
3: Okay, okay. <laughs> that's a point. Fair point. <laughs> so... Keep that in mind, the fact that this is a go-home show while we go along here. We start off cold with Undertaker's theme song. The, the crowd and the heat machine are both happy. Meanwhile, we we, we hear the um, graveyard overture of the famed man in black himself as he heads down the aisle. Vince, meanwhile, begins a show-long pattern of promoting what he thinks is the most important part of Sunday's pay-per-view. That is the smell of Jerry Lawler's feet. And you think I'm – I cannot state this enough. You may think I'm exaggerating this a bit. Every three minutes, probably probably every two minutes, maybe even every one minute, there was some reference to the smell of Lawler's feet or Lawler making fun, Lawler mocking Brett and his family. Or just the point is, Lawler and Brett got the most hype of anything on Sunday's pay per view. Anything. Actually, now, you know for- what?
1: No, Lawler's feet got the biggest hype. <laughs> Lawler's, Lawler's feet got more hype than Brett in that match brett did a promo for it Granted, but lawless feet is the is the seller here lawless feet
3: so if i had this right the hype for the pay-per-view basically amounted to hey if you kids want to see laura's feet covering horse shit you better order the pay-per-view
1: yep this is what it was this was the hype all show long now when the show started started cold graveyard overture undertaker coming out i kind of went all right, maybe Justin was wrong. Like this is we started with the Undertaker. This is this is good. It's all right. And then within thirty seconds, Vince is talking about Jerry Lawler's feet as Undertaker's coming out, and I was like, ah oh, no, I forgot we're still pushing this, this um, what do you call it um, bollocks, <laughs> uh, all re- show long.
3: <laughs> there, there are a lot of foot puns. I ain't bothered to write down because who has the time? Made through the night, but let me just say, I'll make one of my own right here. They really stepped in it with this one. <laughs> Do
1: you know what? There's there's actually less foot puns than they were last week. Like at one point, like Jerry Lawler misses an own goal where he starts saying, "I'm going to play some footage," and he misses an own goal. It's all all we hear is how, like you said, how bad Jerry Lawler's feet smell. Like <laughs> this is a wrestling podcast, by the way. If this is your first time here, it's is I'm sorry. Th- the whole show is just like, oh, they smell. Oh, they, those de- 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 feet smell. They're smelly. Yeah, Vince. Now wait till. 45 minutes of that. Wait till Brett eats them. Yeah, they
3: smell.
1: That's all the show is. <laughs> Christ.
3: Wrestling. 45 minutes, up, 45 minutes down a foot, of <laughs> a, a foot related material. It's. We mentioned before that we yeah, well, I especially as as a kid, would get really self-conscious if something really bad was happening on a wrestling show and and my mom or dad walked into the room, like Doink is wrestling and like like why is there a clown on it in in the wrestling ring, Jelson? It's this is one of those shows where you're just embarrassed to be a fan. But that but that isn't to say anything of the wrestling, which is mostly fine on this show. It's it is what it is. It's just a show of squashes and one feature bout that I'll have something to say about. But it is an incessant amount of foot talk. So the big the big draw is the odor of Lawler's feet as we finally hit the opening bit. They make sure to hammer, hammer toe that home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's, just has been heavily affected by this episode of Raw.
3: <laughs> I've been traumatized. <laughs> so Undertaker versus Mike McReynolds. I've never seen Mike McReynolds before. I've never seen him since. But he looks like a 1995 Stevie Richards. It is uncanny. He was. So, he a good, look,
1: good look about him. He looks strong. Yeah, he looks he, he, he
3: feels like your typical uh, white me baby face, except he's playing chum for Taker here. And Taker does the Ludwig Borger thing where he just walks across the ring while the song's still playing and, start, and starts punching the guy. I
1: assume they were feuding. <laughs> because like, Undertaker right. has a real issue with Mike McReynolds. He's not his normal stoic self in he this probably, match. You probably confuse him for Bundy. <laughs> Does, does it doesn't take a lost all depth perception. That's yes. definitely Bundy. See, when the urn gets stolen, that's what happens. He does <laughs> <laughs> that facial blindness thing. <laughs> we have got to talk about... There's there's one spot in this match. I, I, know, I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. What would this be when Taker goozled him around the neck
3: and it was half choke slam, half choke toss, and he couldn't
1: decide which one he wanted to
3: do, so we did both.
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, what the flipping heck are you doing? Like Undertaker, okay. who normally knows the crack, like couldn't decide whether he was, as you say, choke slam or choke toss. I'll kind of yeah. half do both and see what Mike does.
3: Yeah, you, you know the you just listen the, the move they do where you grab him by the throat. Taker does this a lot and launches him backwards at the corner, and they. Fly back like they've been hit with a hit with a gamma ray or something. And Tinker can also choke slam people. We've seen him do it many times. Well, he's about five feet from the corner. He's got McReynolds by the neck. He 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 looks like he's gonna go for the choke toss, gets him up, and somewhere there's a miscommunication or a brain fart or whatever. So Tiger kind of just throws him slash choke slams him at the same time. And McReynolds doesn't not really sure how to take this bump because he kind of just lands. Either
1: <laughs> he he can't fight gravity, he just lands. <laughs> It's just a mess just a hot mess i don't know he's who worried. was in the wrong there uh it's
3: it was what it was but the important thing is we have feet jokes in the background oh
1: thank goodness i was worried
3: to distract us from McReynolds' uh wonky landing there so Tigger does some moves i never see him do which oklahoma stampede into the corner tree of woe spot it's like he's he's busting out some offense here and after that, we get the proper choke slam done the right way. Even then, it doesn't look quite
1: as it doesn't look as polished as it normally does. Not only
3: that, but the tombstone that follows, McGraw's <gasps> like where to put his arms. Jeez! And he, he like, over like trying to like figure out what we're supposed to be doing.
1: Is there like like a like when with these two wrestling? Is there like a delay? Like a like a. <laughs> Like a buffering between them both, which is why this is happening. Because it just seems like they're very out of sync. Forget different pages; they're. In de- I
3: think they're reading different books here. Roman <laughs> Reigns is just that inexperienced. Which I chalk, I probably chalk up to that just being uh probably have a lot of matches under his belt, and he's maybe a little nervous being on TV with the freaking Undertaker. It just it happens. Messy. We see the creatures of the night at ringsiders. Or- he moved to a different seat in the, at this tabing. One looks like Brett Spiner.
1: <laughs> is that the same guy you said last week he looked like? That's who he looks like. <laughs> he looks like Brett Spiner. <laughs> Do you think it is him? <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> how, old Brett's, how old would our boy Brett have been at this point?
3: Well, he was still in the midst of probably that Star Trek run, wasn't he? He was still playing so, Data.
1: Yeah, but I was just thinking because... I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember when, when he was Data in Star Trek. He was... Now, nah, the more I think about it, the more I think about it, I'm going to pull up a little picture of him.
3: You know, it's funny why you're pulling that up. Um, there's a rumor for years that those two... Now, you've seen what they look like. And you kind of have it in your mind right now, what, what, what these two creature fans look like. There was a rumor for years that these two were Shane and Stephanie.
1: <laughs> not that just sound absurd they look nothing like him. that is funny <laughs> well, first of all, he wasn't sweating <laughs> yeah yeah. for one distinct lack of sweat on <laughs> exactly. that man and the other one blatantly she would have been too busy starting the women's revolution so she hasn't got time to sit ringside mm-hmm. well, well she's been busy cutting permas on people in the and not having them get revenge on her exactly she's got a lot on she's got exactly. to sit around
3: so meanwhile, Vince is—I wrote—Vince is still selling the feet, which, is, which is, I think is putting it mildly. And Tinker, for some reason, remember he's—he's he's a babyface here. He body bags McReynolds, which is that body bag is actually nicer, nicer, nicer than what Mickey James was sent uh over the week. Hefty,
1: hefty, hefty.
3: <laughs> and Tinker after he body bags McReynolds runs off the ropes, runs off the ropes and jumps up and
1: stomps him while he's laying there. What's going on? Why is Undertaker just suddenly decided tonight I'm going to be an asshole to this enhancement guy? <laughs> he's
3: like, you'll pay for this Nikolai.
1: <laughs> Undertaker just thinks he's everybody. <laughs> just, just,
3: just, just take her hands down. <laughs> Because the urn's gone now, he has facial blindness.
1: <laughs> is that torso... what this is? Is it? Ah, oh, that makes sense.
3: And and torso blindness.
1: <laughs> it's the lack of urn in it. Of course it is.
3: That's got to be one of those.
1: Because the urn is what kept him in control. And now he's not.
3: It's the opposite of they live.
1: <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> now he
3: can't see anything. <laughs> it's a they live it's we're life, pal <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense now though he hasn't got the urns, so he's all radio rental
3: uh, so we got some hype for what's coming up later on in the show we got Tatanka and Sid versus the head shrinkers we get a promo from these on Bam, Bam and I can't wait to get to that
1: oh no oh no
3: Lawler's still on his rubber foot and he cuts a semi-serious promo on Brett, which that part was fine. Because Lawler, say what you about Jerry Lawler, but he is such a pro that when he he cuts, he cuts like a like a vehement, focused promo. He could sell you on almost anything. He almost made me want to see this match. Because he was he wasn't making the dumb jokes. He was just talking about just how good, how good it would be to just, just humiliate Brett one more time. And how he reveled in the idea of doing it. That was fine.
1: If, if if, the only hype for Brett versus Lawler had been that, even with the prosthetic foot or the feet on show, that would have been fine. If that had been all tonight. But it wasn't all, was it?
3: No, this is no. An overkill. Mm. Overkill. Oh,
1: God. Look what it's done to you, Justin. Yes,
3: I know. Meanwhile, we should, we should take your Karen McReynolds away. He's going to send him to Mickey's house. Give someone for Nick Aldis to put his uh, Kingsland cloverleaf on.
1: Ah! Uh... <laughs> Don't know why I oh, Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed him twice and I think he's now been mates. <laughs> <laughs> Are we mates now, Nick? Are we mates <laughs> now?
3: Yeah. So, um, at what point does Kenny Omega show up at NWA and, and
1: challenge Nick Aldis? <laughs> oh my God. That would be stunning. I'm down for that. I mean that's the next move, right? Oh my god. I am or, so down for that. Or he goes to MLW and challenges FATU. Oh, oh yes! Just take them all, Sod it. I love it. I'm not even I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad if Omega wins all the major world championships at this point. We were talking I'm not about even mad.
3: You know what should happen? What? Omega and the good brothers should should find r truth on the street and just beat him up and take the twenty four-seven title away. <laughs> yes!
1: oh just kick down
3: all the doors that'd be so good or just pay him off in advance that like, like, like hey ron you know just, how would we just act like this is a real thing and then <laughs> we get some headlines
1: it would like, it
3: would i'm not, I'm not actually jumping that guy that'd be terrible it'd probably get our truth fired
1: <laughs> but you can't fire our truth oh it's a crowd
3: favorite
1: <laughs> he's a real crowd pleaser but i love the mate. yeah I, I would love Omega walking out onto that soundstage with all those belts over his shoulder and going, hey, "Our neck is that one." Ultimate Omega. <laughs> this isn't even my final form.
3: And then Dragon comes out with with, with all ten belts he had, ninety six, and we have the ultimate match for like twenty belts.
1: Oh, somebody literally will not be able to walk for belts. <laughs> somebody will have to hire people to carry the belts for them. That's why he has gallows. <laughs> <laughs> Gallus and Anderson carries carry some. That's kind of them.
3: Speaking of world tours and stuff with global impacts, we have the Tour de Four States. Now, last week we had a bit of a laugh because they were promoting a Tuesday show in Germany to fans in America. Yeah. So what's the on the agenda this week?
1: Uh this yeah. week it is the point in Dublin, Ireland. Followed mm-hmm. by the NEC in Birmingham and the Royal Albert Hall in London. And then knit and, and back.
3: <laughs> stop right there. Stop right there real fast. So we're doing the same problematic thing. We're trying to sell America American fans on a show in Dublin <laughs> for the following day, which is hilarious enough. <laughs> and then we have a show for a city that I've never heard of in my life. Kaya Lake, New York. I was going to ask you what this one was called. <laughs>
1: what <laughs> this one was Dublin. about? no no K- kaya no, no hold
3: on i'm i'm, I'm, I'm number. dublin birmingham london kaya lake <laughs> one of these things is not like the other if i had to do a Sporkle game right and name every city in in, in new york state <laughs> i'd get 75 of them and, and i never even thought of kaya lake because i've never heard of it before or since <laughs>
1: Isn't it indicative, though, of the the pulling power of the WWF on a worldwide level? Because like as, as somebody from the UK, uh, the point in Dublin, big venue, the NEC pretty much until like the National Indoor Arena came along. Anybody that did a gig in the West Midlands or the Midlands either does the Capital Arena in Nottingham or the NEC in Birmingham. Arguably, NEC Birmingham is better because it is connected to Birmingham International Airport. So therefore, you get off the plane at Birmingham Airport, there's like a long corridor of about 20 minutes once you're through um, arrivals and all that jazz. It's a 20-minute corridor that then takes you to the NEC. So chances are they would have landed at Birmingham and just done that nice little walk. Some hotels on that run as well. It's perfect. Then the Royal Albert Hall in London, legendary venue. And -hmm. then back in New York, just (laughs) back of the bollocks... (laughs) New Jersey or wherever because there's there's no draw, they haven't got the, the draw power in those bigger places. It seems
3: well in America they're, they're burned out, but in the UK they're still kind of fresh.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. We're, we're starving and, and for wrestling, it's not UK, but no, but even so, still starving for wrestling. So, <laughs> the, the difference this, I think, the um. The the difference this time because I know we went why are they promoting a Germany show why is Stephanie Wine doing a Germany show at least oh at least with this week like Sky what Sky Sports or Sky One will have carried WWF Raw so you would have heard. Okay. the todd pettingill's voiceover for that they oh uh, sadly they wouldn't have dubbed it over with a plucky plummy british accent which would have been fun come to see the wrestling and here's the undertaker with a chokeslam they didn't do that sadly so we would we would have got vince and jerry Lawler's foot fetish talk for the entire week but they made more sense then because if you were, if you were sat watching the wwf and like like i was living in worcester and they put up an advert for a show in birmingham in two days time like whoa yeah let's go let's go birmingham Maybe.
3: No, I'm looking at the cards for for, for those shows and uh, not the most inspiring events.
1: It's the same. It's the same cards as they had in Germany, uh, in Essen and in uh, Frankfurt last week. Oh, same Birmingham card. got a 13 minute match between the Smoking Guns and Eli and Jacob Blue. What? Oh, Birmingham, we we're, we're gifted. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely of us! How kind.
3: recap the Bob Backlund Man Mountain Rock shenanigans, which is a nice reprieve from all the foot talk. And, and by nice reprieve, I, I mean this is just as bad. So, so Man Mountain Rock Accord to Vincent rocked down the house last week. It's the same house we're watching this week. It's still standing. <laughs> so I, I, I see a flaw in your declaration. Then we get that weird on freak out where they did him one take and then bothered to shoot a second one because I guess he had to pay
1: Bob twice or something. Yeah, they just said, oh, we'll just play the same bit again.
3: So, Man Mountain Rock cuts a promo from backstage where he's basically trying to play the dude and Walter at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you harshing my buzz, man?
2: You know, I don't believe you, Bob Backlund. You know, I don't care what your political platform is, man. What you did to my guitar, that's my soul, man. If you wanted to get my attention, Bob, you got- It's, a,
1: it's weird how last week he was crying. About his guitar, and this week he just seems like you say, like the dude. <laughs> it's
3: just it's, can't be what Bob has done. This is apparently going to be, to be a money-drawing feud.
1: This company does not know how to, how to draw money at the
3: moment. And yeah, how will draw money if you gave him a pen. <laughs> Adam Baum versus Bill Pink. God, this is just the second match we're on now. <laughs>
1: Yay! Adam
3: Baum. Okay. He won't be around much longer, don't worry.
1: Oh, but he's so good! He's alright. What will we do every week without my ramblings about how good Adam Bomb is and how we should be building the company around him, damn it.
3: Just shift it to, um, like, Fatu, when we get to September.
1: Oh, no.
3: He's making a difference. (laughs) Or Aldo Montoya, or... I don't know. I don't know. Avatar. I'll get behind Avatar. So Payne jumps bomb before the bell. Doesn't work out for him. Bomb takes over. As Vincent Larr spent his entire match discussing this Brett Lawler angle over the weekend, where Brett lost by countout to Henry Godwin because Lawler provided the distraction. <laughs> I really want to see this show now. I, oh boy!
1: <laughs> well, it was a nice departure from talking about feet for thirty seconds.
3: Well, funny you should mention that, Tom. Because the thing talk does come back up after after. Bomb hits a nice standing drop kick. Lawler mentions he name drops by name the APA.
1: <laughs> ah
2: yes.
3: I'm thinking, he going to pay the APA to make this show better. No, <laughs> it's because of the American Podiatrist Association.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you wrote APA. And got excited as well. Like a and Bradshaw finally discovered the secrets of time travel.
3: My head standing up like a, like a dog hearing something in the distance, like, what? <laughs> APA, what?
1: John! The Acolytes as time travelers, please. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. Damn! <laughs> Ron and John's excellent adventure. <laughs> oh, that'd be tremendous.
3: <laughs> Doing
1: history lessons. <laughs> what would they go back and change this whole bloody thing i mean (laughs) i mean maybe maybe they did change time and we don't know it maybe 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 the jerry lawler Bret hart match was meant to be a kiss my ball sack match and they convinced them to go with foot instead but maybe we don't know that it's a kid's show so he would? No, no, no. The joke is he would have had a, a bag full of footballs and tennis balls. Uh, Kiss my mean, ball you, Zach.
3: You mean you mean Adam bombs on like unsold uh, footballs you throw into the crowd?
1: Yes. Although the fact that there are some unsold, I refuse to believe because they are the height of merchandise mania for me. I could I can think of at least a hundred things that are better. What? Right. I will not stand. <clears throat> a gallon of Shane's sweat. I f- <sighs> like the- why? Why the? Why the hate? Why the the, the, the bitterness towards Adam Bomb? Adam Bomb shouldn't be a hero. Why the French cries for Adam
3: Bomb? Eh, Adam Bomb should be a reprehensible villain. Why? A radioactive beast. <laughs>
1: why? But he he's a not. For he's-, nothing. he's using his power for good.
3: He's using his nuclear. Oh, he's he's like a Mr. Burns a baby face.
1: Yes, <laughs> he's using his nuclear energy to, to to stop the bad guys. He's like us. He's like Spider-Man.
3: Well, during all this border dash, we learned that Razor is now questionable for the tournament Sunday.
1: Oh, that's because that's the one thing this show really does need. That the payview does need is possibly one of the big stars from it not being able to make it. Yeah,
3: that's uh. It, it, this show is tragic in hindsight. It really is. <laughs> Dive really in finishes, Bomb wins. It might be his last win ever, as far
1: as we know. No. We
3: get the King of the Ring report where we learn that Todd's a proud member of the Bomb Squad. Yes! See, that's how you know Bomb sucks. That's how you know he sucks.
1: It's Todd to- T- I mean Todd, Todd, Todd being in the fan club is something that we've tried to sort out. Like we have tried to remove him from from the ledger. But <laughs> he keeps adding it's, himself we- back in we changed the locks we've changed the locks to stop him coming to the the AGBSM the annual general bomb squad meeting but he keeps finding a way in like i i he's bringing the good name of the club down <laughs> i for one have, have struck the record to maybe have oh. him killed
3: well, Adam Bomb won't be a king of the ring, but his brother, this show will, is gonna be there.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe if Razor can't make it, we'll have Adam Bomb versus Yoko Zuda. So Bomb could lose again? Sure. Oh no, have Yoko be- have Bomb beat Yoko. Have Bomb beat Yoko i will be amazing. The the nuclear bomb. Oh actually, probably not a great. You know how message. I know Bomb would lose
3: that match. You know how I know he would lose? Because his opponent has theme music.
1: <laughs> stop being mean to adam bomb
3: in one guy with music that he ever beat you can't do it
1: i can't think of any <laughs> i can't think of
3: any if, if bill payne had just come out whistling something he would have won the
1: match <laughs>
3: Like, no, he's Wesley <laughs> Oh my God, it's the Harlan Globetrotter scene. I'm, I'm screwed now. <laughs> my Kryptonite.
1: I feel like him, Oh, all this hate to Adam Bomb. Poor oh, bastard. I'm,
3: I'm I'm just saying he was. I just
1: really dislike him. Right, I'm serious. Okay, I am semi-serious, right? <laughs> with a tear in my eye and my tongue in my cheek, I'm semi-serious. Like, this roster in 95, right, it is fucking shite, right? <laughs> Find me, like, why not Adam Bomb? Why, why, why Volkov over Adam Bomb?
3: I do agree with you there. Yes! I do agree with you there. But it's just... They made their bed. They made him a baby face. They made him, you know, smiling, happy guy who, who, who leaks radiation. (laughs) Yes. And throws many. This is the company that has a
1: bin man. Why? Why is? Why is Radiation Man so weird?
3: Dude, if Duke Duke Durisi does not appear on BTE for a skit that mocks WWE,
1: (laughs) then what are we even doing? I'd like that. And then I like see, an Adam Bomb push.
3: Well, speaking of trash and things that bombed, let's go to the King of the Ring. Stop it! No, this is um. Uh, see I was doing a name bun, Tom, relax.
1: Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave my it's boy not, alone.
3: <laughs> it's not Britney Spears, not good at all.
1: Leave Adam Bomb alone.
3: Although, although <laughs> Britney did have a song called Toxic, so the, the,
1: exactly, she loves
3: him. God, the parallels are mind blowing. (laughs) Leave Adam Bomb alone. (laughs) Todd Todd runs down this um (laughs) this Carter threatening the show us.
1: (laughs) 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 It is a threat. It is. They go to prison for 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 threats. This less antagonizing. This this is the I'll turn the car around of shows.
3: Hang on, Tom's gonna to spit something up here. <laughs> Don't do it, Tom. You're in front of equipment. Okay, I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll turn this. I'll make this one. Kick the ring. All right, we'll be good. <laughs> I'll turn this car around. Can I just do hard labor instead? It is quite literally a go home show, as exactly. in we will go home. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we get D- diesel and big versus to sit tonka yeah. christ that's your Will main that's your ready? main
1: that's your main that is that's like getting that's, that's like getting a, a packet of biscuits for your main course <laughs>
3: it's, it's more low main because it's limp <laughs> mm. okay. well diesel's elbow be ready find out christ foot match we go back to lola who now has two rubber feet <laughs> don't <laughs> put your pleasure <put> <laughs> Lawler is just completely off his chain here. I mean, Lawler's having a nice time. <laughs> He's as medicated as I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> then Lawler Law cuts the promo during the cantering report about with his two feet, saying one's Stu's foot, one Helen's foot. Look how wrinkly it is. Look how like a hammer does on this one. That went on for ninety seconds. They are filling. <laughs> now but not filling us with hope, mind you. We get a pretty straightforward Brett promo. Can make, to make Lola kiss his own foot. Did it as serious as he possibly could. And and punctuate by calling him a slime ball. Okay, then. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. And then, and then we get the brackets. Mabel Taker, Sean Kama, Holly Rohde, and Razor, if cleared, versus Yoko.
1: Oh, I hope Razor makes it because i don't know what will happen in the tournament if he doesn't oh let's, uh, can't wait for, uh, we get to this king of the ring stay, what happens stay tuned for
3: partial excitement possible excitement partial partial <laughs> uh-uh. even, even then that's that's over promoting it
1: <laughs> you buy the seats you won't need any of it because <laughs> you don't want to go <laughs> Stay tuned for occurrences. Stay tuned for th- the King of the Ring has been described by critics as a pay per view that's on this Sunday. This is nouns will verb. <laughs> it's been described as a thing that's happening.
3: <laughs> so we come to what is ostensibly the feature match of this week.
1: Yes,
3: Psycho like Sid and Tatanka versus the Head Shrinkers. In the meantime, we have. Barry the dud, telling <laughs> us a diesel power T-shirt
1: where Nash points at you. Now it's Uncle Sam. Now it's actually one of the better T-shirts he's tried to flog us. What in recent? It, it, it's better than some of the shite that he's put in our face. Okay, well, I'm
3: mean, compared to that, sure.
1: It looks, it, it looks, it's very nineties chic, but it is the the best T-shirt. They tried to sell us. Okay, it's not
3: terrible, but then he goes like, well let me show you the back. On the back there's nothing except for the WF logo up by the um up by the cervical
2: collar. (laughs) Well done, Barry.
1: Look at the look at the black. Look at the back. Look at the back. All all our hopes and dreams are on the back.
3: (laughs) I say looking at that shirt, what what I'll say this Sunday about the show. I see a void. (laughs) I wish we could
1: avoid. (laughs) <laughs> well, this king I'll of the ring rush along with sam is going to be absolutely hilarious you know what i'm looking at when we're going to record it i think i'm just going to get really pissed okay i think we should just start i know it's 9 30 in the morning for you when we record it but oh whatever well, it'd be early in the morning every 9 30 but either way it'll be early in the morning i think we just get pissed <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm, i don't drink but it's i'll just i'll uh, just get really hostile make jokes
1: just get hostile. <laughs> I can do that. I'm good Excellent. At that. Excellent.
3: <laughs> um, let's see here. So- have no- Triggers have no Alpha or Captain Lou with them. Because they were smart enough to get the hell out of here before King of
1: the Ring. No, so what the crack here is, is there's been some so there's been some mix-ups with with managers and stuff. And and touring mm. schedules. So, um, WWF are desperate to save money. So, they're only sending managers on certain runs. Uh, on certain TV appearances and all all pay per views, but uh, only a, a handful of TV appearances and no house shows. So they're trying to save money. The only manager exempt from this is Ted DiBiase and Paul Bearer.
3: Well, funny to say that because I think I think this is the last appearance of the Head Shrinkers as the Head Shrinkers, and
1: thus that would be the end of Lou and Alpha anyway. Ah, oh, well, that makes sense. We do get a little teaser as to what's to come in this match. Oh yes, we have. The future of Rikishi dancing around shaking his ass. I wonder Would... if the moment he did that moonwalk away from Sid, that his fate was sealed.
3: And, and as Vince said, he's gotta be the Sultan. <laughs> <laughs> I see a Sultan. <laughs> so the, the best part is when <laughs> this was the unequivocal highlight of the show. When 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 Sioni and Fatih were taking their stuff off in the ring, remember they're the baby faces. They find this good-looking woman in the crowd. Now they will always put the camera on a good-looking woman because that that that's just policy. It's like you know, it's like, it's like it's like it's like see attractive women enjoy our shows. So therefore, you don't have to feel uncool for watching us.
1: It's not just spotty rejects. It is actual women.
3: <laughs> exactly, and and it's like there are as surprises as you are to see them in the crowd. So they pan in on her. But she's giving it an emphatic thumbs down, so they cut away immediately.
0: Oh. This is a tape show! <laughs> this is a tape show!
1: <laughs> this is a taped show. And they've somehow screwed that up. They get one one shot, one take. They ain't got time to edit it.
3: I mean, think are just happy to find that woman there. <laughs> and, and like, like, really? You enjoy this crap? <laughs> like, we expect geeks with big glasses and wrestling t-shirts to show up and, and watch this, but not... Someone like you, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, meanwhile, we get more smelly foot jokes. As Vince says, he feels sorry for the first 15 rows of the King of the Ring crowd. I feel bad for all of them.
1: I feel bad for every row at that show. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, Vince is just like playing slow pitch softball here with the jokes he's setting up. <laughs> so, the thing about this match, Sid and the are main eventing Sunday. Sid has a little bit of hope. Tatanka is not seen as a main event guy on any level. The Million Dollar Corporation is just a bunch of weenies. They really are. So during this match, shouldn't you have them just beat the living crap out of the Head Shrinkers and leave them for dead? If
1: the Head Shrinkers are on the way out, then yeah.
3: So what do we get here? We get a 50-50 match where the Head Shrinkers makes Sid look stupid at a bunch of points.
1: Yeah, that was a surprising turn of events. If this is a team that you're no longer keeping around. Whether or not by this point they made the decision that they weren't keeping them around, though, is is questionable. Whether they want to try and keep them strong just in case. Nonetheless, but... is Sid's main eventing... Sid and the are main eventing this show coming up. Could you not just put them in there with two job lads and just had them mow through them? Well, it's... Do you think we that have... would have been better? I feel like that would have been better. You just have it two have... jobbers in there that Tatanka and Sid just rip shreds off for two minutes.
3: You want to have him be someone with credibility, though. That's the thing. Mm. Like a modicum of credibility. Maybe like a Bob Holley. A... Well, if, it... if I haven't beat two heavyweights, then you're saying, hey, they could beat Diesel and Bam Bam because they're two heavyweights. Yeah. Or two 300-pound guys. I mean, they went clean. Clean Clean enough. Clean enough. So Sid, Sid does the knock and knock on both hedge That doesn't work. And they start clowning him, which is great heading for, sun, for Sunday. <laughs> Fatu gives us the great Fatu clothesline sell where he does the midair cartwheel that I always love. How, I like that. How, how he does that, I have no idea. Then Vince goes on about how Diesel's playing in a charity softball game this weekend. Isn't he injured?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's Elbow like... Elbow the... like, being held together with... With chewing gum and duct tape. Unless he's throwing like the opening pitch or something.
3: Well, even then, it's it's like the because because Vince has to mention every celebrity who's there. Troy Aikman of the Dallas Cowboys and all these people giving Diesel the rub through celebrity academia here. That's been going on for a while. Mm. Like like here's Diesel having his photo taken with name name of celebrity here, name of celebrity here. Says they're doing everything they can to Hoganize him and it is not working
1: because there is there's a an important x factor not that one that that they're missing from this whole thing and that is any any tiny shred of cool of intimidating of, of of energy of enthusiasm none of that you're putting him in all the right places you're putting the round peg in the round hole but there's just no passion that you don't get any fire from him. There's no passion. It's not just about. It was never just about putting Hulk Hogan next to a celebrity. It was never just about putting John Cena next to a celebrity because they were they were they were guys that could carry that and and look big in that situation. And Diesel. Having this, we know he's a funny guy. We know he's a charismatic guy. He's had all of that stripped away. He just looks like a wet fart in all of these circumstances. Just looks wet. Like imagine the the cool Kevin Nash that we'd see in the late '90s in WCW doing all this celebrity stuff, like dicking about going to throw the opening pitch and then sort of faking it and then go, oh, I didn't throw it really. Just being a dick. Like, imagine that had have been the best thing ever. It really would. But we don't get that because Vince wants this clean cut baby face to run his company and it just doesn't work. It's not working.
3: And the dumb part is, I mean, I know softball isn't the most grueling game in the world, but you're trying to sell this. If Sid drops him one more time, it could be the end of his career. Oh, he's playing softball on Saturday with all these celebrities. Yes! Exactly! Pick one. <laughs> you can do one or the other. It's just
1: <laughs> so, infuriating. So if,
3: that's, if that's not enough of an irritation, we get my favorite one of my favorite Vince bits where he tries to over babyface the show. We see a fan holding a sign that says Sid Rules the World. Okay, so someone like Sid, whatever. Some people like the heels, it happens. And Vince insists that DBOSC must have paid that fan to hold that sign up.
1: No. No, they just don't. <laughs> they don't like anyone other than Sid.
3: No, it's just... I can't believe that those have kicked their ass for a while, 95. I really can't.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, Sid does a spot here where he misses a leg drop. Now, usually you recoil, you grab your leg, you grab your ass, whatever. Hits the mat that, at a funny angle. He just sits there like he f- 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 like a stone. <laughs> like, he, like he forgot what he's supposed to do. Like he's Like he glitched. Like he's buffering. <laughs> And he's just waiting to continue. (laughs) That part made me laugh. I don't know why, because Sid just... It was like he
1: broke, very briefly.
3: I think the best word to describe Sid is inexplicable.
1: (laughs) Undefinable. (laughs) I am (laughs) undefinable! And he has half the brains that you do. Exactly. Fatu has been
3: in this entire time he finally tagged Sione. Sioni beats up the Tonka for a while. The Tonka almost, almost got pinned accidentally on a top rope straddle. Because like, he, 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 referee had, had really hold up going down for three. The i had to want to get the shoulder up. Nice overt moment. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this much Sioni the Barbarian gets a great power drive on the Tonka at one point. Look nice.
1: There were some nice yeah. bits in here. Because
3: well, you have guys who kind of know what you're doing. Then Sid hits his bad clothesline and knocks Sioni over the ropes. That was, that was a little dodgy looking. Um, he powerbombs Fatu and then badly throws him to the ropes in order to knock him out of the ring. Sid's on autopilot, I think. I can't blame him. Then Sid goes to the floor, powerbombs Sioni outside, throws him in, and Tatonga pins him. These are your threats.
1: This is so, the, the, the oncoming onslaught for Diesel and Bam Bam Bigelow, the team that eked out a win over the head shrinkers. This took 10 minutes. They've, got the, they've measured it so wrong. Mm-hmm. So wrong. Yeah.
3: Measure twice, cut once, regret it for a year afterwards.
1: Stitching time saves nine.
3: <laughs> so then we get some Diesel Sid footage highlighting Diesel's elbow injury that he got either playing... Oh, that's why he's playing softball because he's
1: mocking Sid. He... <laughs> is, this it's... A, is this a long game? Like the, a long insult? Yes, this is a this is this very Joker-esque on Diesel's part.
3: <laughs> Want to know how I got this softball injury?
2: <laughs> My father
1: was a pitcher.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he hit me with a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> and he,
3: so then I booked this show and he goes, Why so delirious? <laughs>
1: <laughs> John! <laughs> Thank you, Diesel's John. He's the Joker. Yes. The tag Kevin Ash in it.
3: No, don't do that. (laughs) Do that. Let's let's stop with the snitchy stuff here. Never snitches get stitches. (laughs) And Diesel's gotten a few in the elbow. Exactly. (laughs) So Vince is yelling about adversity during this video because Diesel were highlighting the way his elbow hit the mat on the chokeslam and powerbomb. We get the whole setup for this magic king of the ring. And then we cut to Diesel and Bam Bam the heroes the protagonists in this story
2: oh my god all right gentlemen it's this sunday night and you just saw native american tataka and psycho sid in action you must be wondering to yourself big daddy cool you must be wondering am i going to be on the receiving end of a power bomb you just saw one by big sid and if so will the elbow split wide open what happens if you are power bombed once again this coming sunday night Well, I've taken one and I survived it, Uh, though I was injured. I'm sure I can withstand another one, but that's not going to happen. That's for sure. Well, you were certainly disappointed and the medical uh, officials not allowing you to wrestle this past weekend, Bam Bam Bigelow. You were disappointed in that as well. Nonetheless, you picked up the slack. Well, who's going to be picking up the slack for whom if it's necessary in the tag match this coming Sunday night? Well, you know, Vince, uh, you know, what I know about the million dollar corporation and Ted DiBiase, and uh, what Big Daddy knows about Sid, you know, I, I, the only thing I see is 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 a lot of positive energy. We got the right. Right, gentlemen, but I detect a bit of lack of confidence here on your part. No, there's no lack of confidence. Wow. Confidence is what we have. What we have to deal with is Big Daddy's injury. I know his, I know his arm's hurting, you know. But you know, I wrestle Big Daddy cool, and I know what he's got. He's got heart. I got heart. We got the heart. We got what it takes, and we're going to take it to him. All right, thank you very much for joining us, and best of luck. They're both wearing their own shirts, and he's wearing a white hat. This
1: is World Wrestling Federation.
2: Jesus, just...
1: They look like goons. Just goons. He was like Super Dave Lounge around the house. Gives his hat on. (laughs) Vince is in the room with them for this. Yes. You can tell, because of the acoustics. Like you can hear Vince's voice bouncing off the walls in the room. Like I know they're playing it off. Like, hey, let's cut to them now. No, Vince is Vince is in the room with you, and you can this tell this is,
3: this is like Ed Wood.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is Ed Woodian to 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 see cut. that. that. Was perfect. <laughs> it was uh... maybe
3: the world champion would wear a lousy hat.
1: <laughs> Vince would. Who wouldn't? <laughs> we all won't.
3: <laughs> it <Vince> shouldn't. <laughs> so, Diesel could not be, can't be bothered.
1: He this really movie, this, can't.
3: <laughs> he's got the shirt, he's got the hat, and he's, he's questioning what he's doing with his life at this point. He calmly assures us that he, he could survive another power bomb, while Bigelow discusses positive energy then vince calls both of them out on their lack of confidence which i wrote in purpose for these enthusiasm
1: yeah vince saying like come on lads put some pep in it
3: come on i've made this joke 800 times on the the history of this podcast but i'm gonna make it again this was the crusty poses for trading card photo of promos
1: it really was there's so many of these jesus give me give me a coke fueled hogan warrior promo Dear exactly. God, dear God, give me one of those blistering promos that made little to no sense, but my God, whatever they were selling, you were buying. Like, you know give me pro- one of them. You know what this promo was? It was it was contractually obligated. <laughs> it was a contractually obligated p- promo to push a match. Yes. J- Jesus. Like, Jerry Lawler gets 300 run-ups at the Kiss My Foot promo. They get he tried. 60 seconds. At least, yeah. Yeah. For all the faults that we give to Lawler constantly banging on about the Kiss My Foot match, at least he gave it socks every time, pun intended, every time he talked about it. These two, Christ, crusty poses for trading card photo, as you said, just mm. could not be. These are your two top baby faces and they look like they're waiting for a bus. <laughs> All the energy of somebody in the queue at JC JCPenney to return a toaster. Mm-hmm.
3: so like getting an MRI. They have to be perfectly still the entire
1: time. <laughs> Jesus! I get that Diesel and Bammers didn't get along that well behind the scenes. I get it. But Christ, lads, just Pagliacci face it up and sell the bloody pay-per-view.
3: Here to sell a pay-per-view is Jerry the King of Lawler <laughs> at his apparent castle. <laughs> He has these medieval torture devices all around,
1: all neatly labeled as to what they are. (laughs) Here I am in my dungeon. Are you
3: sure, (laughs) mate? (laughs) See, I briefly got excited here because I'm thinking instead of a kiss my foot match, it's gonna be like an FMW style death match with all these weapons used. (laughs) We get a torture rack in there, which uh, is he signaling on the line for Lex Luger? Call the hotline to find out. Like the chair of torture, but not the one that Abdul, not the Abdullah sat in. Basically, he goes on about torture, and he's going to torment Brat at the pay-per-view. Sadly, he didn't bring any of this stuff with him. That could have been fun.
2: I'll bet you peons are wondering just exactly where you are. Well, I thought I'd invite you on a personal tour of my little dungeon of torture. Take a look at this little jewel. I'd like to invite each and every one of you to have a seat sometimes or over here. Can you imagine the torture of being locked into this, huh? But that's nothing compared to the torture that eight men are going to put themselves through in the King of the Ring Tournament just to be called an imposter King because I'm the real king. Take a look at this. Look at the name here. It's called the Fall Brett or Falling Board. It was a forerunner to the guillotine. Ooh, and it's so appropriate because of the name. It reminds me of you, Bret Hart. And it reminds me that you're going to have to fall down on your hands and knees after I beat you at King of the Ring. And you're going to have to kiss my royal feet. Take a look at this rack, Bret Hart. Do you see this? I promise you would rather be on the rack than have to kiss my feet. Oh sure, I got my boots on now. That's because I'm letting those corns and bunions and calluses fester and grow until the king of the ring. And in front of the entire world, you're gonna have to pucker up and kiss my stinking royal feet.
3: <laughs> I think this is just filler because it's like, like, goddamn, we're still short this week, pal. Mm. i know put in that torture promo that lawler had
1: so this would have been filmed yeah as you say probably at the same time as the horse one at some sort of museum yeah. or some sort of like uh, dun- london dungeon type affair it mm-hmm. feels like
3: when you went to a renaissance
1: fair quite possibly triple h versus buck quarter man. i'm sorry hunter hurst helmsley hunter hurst helmsley and and uh mm-hmm. and journeyman jobber Buck quarter man.
3: <laughs> Hunter wants to know that if Buck wins this match, that he and Buck were never at war with one another.
2: Hmm. It
3: was an imaginary war. <laughs> Hunter is still Hunter herself. the the aristocratic American blue blood at this point. Vince, meanwhile, can't can't imagine somebody reveling and having having a body part get kissed as punishment. Perish the thought. <laughs> get a little bit of chain wrestling here. Hunter corners Quartermain and gives him a wicked chop. A really loud mm. gunshot like chop. Just a basic match here to keep Hunter you know, you know, keep Hunter in, in the flow here. Nice tilt the world backbreaker at one point That's never he never really did for a while after this.
1: There's a couple of moves throughout these first couple of weeks that we don't see him ever do again. Like yeah, this tilt the world yeah. backbreaker.
3: He stopped doing the cutter already, as we'll see in a moment. We learned that next week we're we'll have Jeff Jarrett versus Savio Vega for the Intercontinental title. Well, I mean, Savio's not doing anything
1: on Sunday, so I yep, guess give him so. Cover. He'll be free as a bird i don't think anything else he's doing on sunday
3: hunter takes quarter main cheering on his mate razor ramon that's and the right. king of the ring that's what he'll be doing exactly wink hunter takes quarter main pedigrees him first time you see the pedigree on raw and in that form although it, instead of doing the hook one arm hook the other arm he just hooks both at the same time and, and then does the jump
1: mm, it's a nice tight jump as well mm-hmm. do you know the origin of the pedigree
3: well, I know the original guy who did in the WBF was, was the Outlaw Ron Bass. It was indeed.
1: Um, but Triple H, on the story of, on Fox, credits Killer Kowalski. Really? Mm. So what Triple H says on the story of... Because I'd, I'd heard it was Ron Bass. He says, Kowalski used to do it, used to do a spot where he put a guy's head between his knees and he would jump up and just kind of jar their neck. It dawned on me that if he kept going straight down onto his knees, it was okay. like a sort that of version of a pile driver. And as I looked at it, I thought, well, if you held the guy's arms, it would very clearly be a pile driver." So it started out as that in my mind. I've always thought that it was something very unique that I'd never seen done before. It sort of slowly evolved into me hooking the arms behind the guy's back and then jumping up and having them come down full body face first. So there you go. Well,
3: Bass version didn't hook the arms. It was just sort of like just using his weight to push your head down.
1: I think like the one Dustin Rhodes did a couple of times. Justin did it too. I think Goldust did one like that, like a pedigree, a no-armed pedigree. Mm, late, quite late in, his, late in his WWE run. I'm sure he did. Mm, not quite remembering uh, it. I might be mistaken then. Isn't it interesting though? And big shout to former guest on the Cultaholic Classic Raw review, William R. Washington from RBR Wrestling, who put out a tweet to point this out. The finish is called The Pedigree, and it was called The Pedigree because it, it's... it's part of the the Hunter Hearst Helmsley gimmick the blue blood posh man from Greenwich and the, mm-hmm. the heritage and all that stuff that's where the origin of the name comes from but isn't it funny how that Triple H has been removed from the posh man gimmick for decades now yet mm-hmm. he is still it's still called the pedigree and he still hails from Greenwich Connecticut <laughs> uh,
3: it just I guess it just stuck
1: yeah it's just funny how that's just something we've just kind of always always just accepted he might be from Minneapolis or something. I don't know. He's from New Hampshire. There We're you just go. Close... Which is close to Connecticut anyway. Mm. I just think it's funny how, like, it's obviously the name stuck, but it's funny how a name that was so associated with his gimmick, mm-hmm. a gimmick that he no longer really adheres to, but the name of that finisher has stuck from it.
3: Mm. It's kind of like how Mick Floyd, when he was Mankind, became like, you know, Mr. Socko at Love of Mankind, but it's like, so why is he still called Mankind? Does that really have to do with uh, this... This version of the fully character,
1: yeah, it didn't make any sense, did it? Because yeah, because before you
3: know he was the sewer dwelling atrocity who was a, a, a who, who who thought he mirrored mankind, so he called himself mankind. But now he's I guess he I, I guess he he's still represented mankind, but in a positive way at that point.
1: Mm. But evolved from there kind of is there anything that is stuck that you're unhappy that's stuck i'll tell you one that i'll, I'll tell you, that I'll give you an example how the fact that there are still pundits and wrestling um people who call a reverse ddt a slop drop <laughs> what's wrong that, with that it annoys me a little bit because i because i feel like a reverse ddt is a cool sounding name i feel like a slop a slop you know drops a really weird hangover
3: you know what you're right it's not a slop drop it's a gator breaker <laughs> from when skinner did it
1: i mean that's that is better <laughs> gator breaker <laughs> does sound far better um trying to think is did you prefer backcracker or backstabber backstabber backstabber
3: it's much more vicious I like oh, i guess how Lashy does the master lock but it's called the hurt lock well it hurts but it's also it's gotta be masterful to do it Mmm. You know, it, it's funny you mention that because the other night we were watching Spring Stampede in the Discord. Spring Stampede, Spring Stampede ninety nine. DDP hit the, DDP hit DDP hit the Diamond Cutter, and someone yells RKO.
1: Oh, boo! It's like classless. Absolutely. I I hope you ban them from the Discord. I should. You should ban ban them, block them. So,
3: after <laughs> they're, not, they're not
1: allowed in my garden.
3: So Hunter wins. We get the Jarrett Savio promo for next week to really bring it home. Then we get the confession booth promo from the previous year. Now, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there's an ad where a young woman goes into a confessional booth. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. She's apparently had impure thoughts of Sean and Brett and Razor because they're handsome men, and she feels unfaithful to her husband. Meanwhile, the the, the older, wise and priest is busy watching WBF on a, on a small TV monitor, it going on and on. And then she says, like, like, is there anything I could do? And he says something along the lines of, oh, I think we can do something. Or that could be a range or something along those lines. And it ends with the WWF. Put your faith in us.
1: The WWF, where priests will have sex with you. Yes. That was
0: the think, message was they the were sending.
1: <laughs> so we come out of that. And... <laughs>
3: And this is one of the weirdest things I've seen on this show so far. Apparently, somehow, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, perhaps the two most famous film critics that have ever lived, saw this commercial. I don't know where they would have seen it. If it would have aired at like a film festival, if it would have aired. I don't know where it would have aired, but apparently they both bashed it. So Vince went on this passive aggressive tirade on the show about how Siskel and Ebert are basically Beavis and Butthead Uh and don't know what they're talking about. You talk about insecure.
1: He is so he is so thin-skinned some days, his Vince. Yeah. He is so insecure.
0: That's
3: an ad they aired like eight months ago. <laughs> and they dusted it off just so Vince can make a point about Siskel and Ebert.
1: He just can't help himself, can he? He just cannot help himself. No, he can't. <laughs> God.
3: <laughs> so we come to, I guess, the real main event of this show. Shawn Michaels versus one of my favorite names in wrestling history, Gus
1: Contaracus. Uh, he sounds like a badass. If ever well, there was somebody that needed to drop their first name, I know WWE oh, loves oh, absolutely, doing it. Absolutely. What? <laughs> What's his first name? Gus. <laughs> Vince could make money off of a guy called Contaracus.
3: But Gus is the guy you buy bloodworms from before you go fishing.
1: <laughs> Contarocus is the guy that fishes with your body. <laughs> he fishes with a hand grenade. <laughs>
3: Contarocus.
1: Oh, he's just a great you is 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 all set for retribution 2.0 in 2021. That mm. is a far cooler name than Slapjack T-Bar and Mace. Rockus, getting the getting getting retribution. Getting my boy stable Contarocus. Yeah. is like a- it's like a German metal band name.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> Cantaracas. Now with the lead single, Bleeding, Oozing Wounds, here's Kantarrakas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guten Abend, we has <laughs> <Bah, bah, bah. laughs> My love
3: is ticking clock berserker.
1: <laughs> 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 My love is like dump truck berserker. Just blood <laughs> pouring down <laughs> from the stage. Yes. Midshow curse of Fiction, you know how it goes. <laughs> Undertaker versus Conta Ruckus. I buy that pay per view.
3: And then, so, so what happened then? Well, then they opened for Lisa Loeb, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Loeb
1: was audiences. far too.
3: Two different audiences.
1: You're right. Lisa Loeb was far too rock and roll. Yes, of course.
3: I like Lisa Loeb.
1: Oh, you, you say, delightful. I want to hear what I want to. She's nice. <laughs> turn the radio on, turn the yeah. radio up. She's promoting the radio. I liked her. Exactly. Is she mm-hmm. doing a comeback soon? Everyone's doing a comeback soon. She should. What's the well, she wears glasses? Let me find her on here. Let me see if she's on the Twitters.
3: So Shawn Michaels has now has his sleazy five o'clock shadow going, which was a good look for him.
1: It's a strong look. He looks like a star. And the pop <laughs> from them and the heat machine. <laughs> Is amazing,
3: he's like a more metalish version of Billy Ray Cyrus at this point. Mm. Just a good look for 1995, just a star appearance. He rides Gus on the mat for a good laugh, you know, slaps him on the butt while riding on his back, just mock- mocking him. So then Lawler implies, I'm sorry, Vince implies that Lawler's going to commit suicide if he loses on Sunday. <laughs> Did you hear
1: that part? <laughs> I was. I was a little bit... It shocks me a little bit to talk about this sort of nonsense.
3: It's, just, it's, it's almost like, like you're going to end it all on Sunday if uh, you're unable to beat right heart. like, the hell? Like, no, I'm just going to... If I lose, then I lose. I'm not going to kill myself. The man's playing left foot, right foot with prosthetic feet covered in scabs. <laughs> and you're talking about a possible life ending. <laughs> what was the meaning like for this show? <laughs>
1: uh, confusing
3: we get a spot where Sean being very cheeky jumps in the front row to rebel with the fans kind of funny actually fans seem to love it but I liked it he's,
1: he's, just, he's just character and charisma personified he just stands out from everything else we've seen tonight
3: so what you're saying is it would be
1: a very bad idea if Vince were to do to him what he did to Diesel and then neuter him character wise that'd, that'd be the worst thing to do and I know I'm sure Vince won't
3: what's <laughs> it one year from now, we'll see. <laughs> so, call the hotline and find out who's going to replace Razor Ramon. That's right. Squeeze some money out of the dumb kids.
2: <laughs>
3: you have allowance money. You got piggy banks. Break them open. <laughs> so, but, but Vince suggests that surely Razor's going to be there anyway. <laughs> so let's bait and switch him up to the very end. If you want to see Razor, make sure they buy the show.
1: I mean if you if if i feel bad for the for the handful of people that are like i can't bear the thought of bret hart versus sherry laura in a kiss my foot match but i like Razor ramon and he's gonna be there so i'm gonna pay for this
3: pay-per-view i mean with, with the way vince is selling it i want to show this match to matt hardy today in his head with mecca god what a carney.
1: <laughs> if if matthew thinks you're a carney <laughs> you know those problems
3: Money, Matt. Not Matt out of character, of course. Matt Hardy. I'm with man.
1: you. I know. I know.
3: I know. I think. Of course. So, Contaracus <laughs> gets in some offense. <laughs> there he is. But then on the floor, a super kick knocks out Contaracus. <laughs> I love this name. <laughs> so, so Gus, Gus he gets laid out with a kick. <laughs> that is the biggest contrast between awesome first name and, I mean, I mean, bad first name and awesome last name ever.
1: Gus Contaracus. Should his first oh, name be like like Stone? Stone Contarakus! No, his first name should be Contarakus. <laughs> and his last name should be Contarakus. Yes! Contaracus, Contarakus! What's
0: your Kelly brother's Kelly name? What's,
1: what's your brother's name? Luigi Mario. <laughs> he was the Kelly Kelly of his day. <laughs> <laughs> cut the ruckus, cut the ruckus. Coming out and dancing on the stage. Oh,
3: Dr. Zegas. Cut the ruckus, cut the ruckus. Ruckus.
1: Oh, oh, ruckus. ruckus. Oh, cut the ruckus. Cut the ruckus.
3: Oh, cut the ruckus.
1: <laughs> Put the belt so, on this man.
3: So anyway, um, so Sean rolls a minute after that kick on the floor. Crowd chants one more time. So Sean says, really, one more time? So he hits him with a following kick, which I think is a metaphor here for, for him resting at crown jewel. Yeah. He ended on a good note. Do it again. All right, one more time, and that's not as memorable this time. I kind like the bounce.
1: I like the bounce off the ropes that he does with it. Well, you got a little spring on it. A little spring off, and a buff, little super kick. Nice.
3: A little thrust kick there, and then he gets a sitting pin because he's Mr. Cool Cat, Mr. Cool Guy. A cool finish. Yeah, so Sean wins, and out comes, comma. <laughs> Counter rockets.
1: Contarokas can handle himself. He doesn't need Kaba out there.
3: <laughs> well, Kama runs in, so Sean dispatches them in short order because Sean plays it cool. Kama's on the floor. They're, they're jawing at each other. Outlumbers the Undertaker, who there's who, not only a tournament entrant, but also hates Kama for stealing
1: his urn and making a chain out of it. These are important issues to have. They are, they are. But on the plus side, it brings us to a point where Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, about a decade, just over a decade until they headline WrestleMania, are in the same ring at the same time.
3: You realize that Shawn, Tigger, and Hunter all wrestled on this show?
1: Wow, they did, didn't they?
3: So this show's historic, and
1: it's in spite of its shittiness. And Adam Bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And Counter Ruckus. All the big players are here. I don't know why they had a problem in 95. The roster seems fine. If Adam Baum had been in that match in '20, it
3: would have been the end of an error.
1: Boy, stop it. <laughs> Leave him alone. So then Mabel lumbers out. It's like, could he win the tournament? Oh, perish the thought. Oh, no, nah, he won't. He'll be out in the first round, surely.
3: So then the tournament or the show comes to an end. We get the
1: last hard smell for the Kiss My Foot match. And then that's it. That's our show. And that is the show. Jeez. It is the flattest go home. It is, as you said, the I will turn this cart around show. <laughs> In spite of Contaracus. Despite the a last, gra- a last gasp from Contaracus to, to turn this show around. He doesn't quite literally turn this show around. But King of the Ring, are you, are you buzzing for the worst pay-per-view that the WWF ever put on? we shall endure oh we certainly shall and you will endure it with us uh, it'd be myself justin henry and the ever fragrant sam driver joining us for a watch along of awful proportions <laughs> and next week we will crown the winner of this special cassette tape wwf superstar slam jam if you aren't feeling the torture enough then we you will You will find out on the watch along who wins this cassette. So if you fancy this and a bunch of cultaholic-shaped goodies as well, simply go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, say something nice about the podcast, put something funny in there that maybe we'll appreciate. And once you do that, drop me a message on Twitter, via email or whatever to show that you've done it. And next week, we will pick a winner and somebody will get this cassette. You lucky devils. second prize we just spit on you (laughs) second prize we burn your house down Uh, (laughs) if you want to give us an apple podcast five star review do so let me know you've done it you can win yourself this superstar slam jam cassette and some other bits and pieces and then tell us about it where well he's at jrh writing on twitter i am at tom campbell on twitter (laughs) we are at cultaholic on twitter don't forget to join us (gasps) Lisa Loeb is on Cameo. Ooh. For £96, she will do you a hello. Or for £3, she'll send you a text message.
0: You say.
1: Love you, bye!
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.